Good morning. Good to see all these happy, smiling faces. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I am glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I, uh, we're going to continue. We started a sermon series last week. It was uh, the Christmas miracle. It'll be about a four or five part series. The first part was, what do you want this Christmas? And we talked about uh, the wise men, what they were seeking. And this Christmas season, my question was this, what are you seeking this Christmas season? Are we looking for Jesus the way the wise men looked for Jesus? Are, they, are we bringing him the gifts that they brought to him? Part two was when Christmas plans get messed up, and I never really looked at, at this part of the Christmas story, but uh, Mary and Joseph had a lot of plans, a lot of things they wanted to accomplish, a lot of things they wanted to do, and their plans got messed up. When the Holy Ghost showed up and Mary became pregnant and their plans were completely messed up. And what do you do during this time of year? What do you do in life when your plans get messed up by God? So that was part one and part two of the series. Part three today is this, the best Christmas gift ever. The best Christmas gift ever. That's part three. This is found in Luke chapter two. If you want to turn to Luke chapter two, will be our key verse today. And we'll start in uh, verse six. Luke two and six says, while they were there, the time came for her, Mary, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And in the same region, shepherds were staying in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. And the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do, or excuse me, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news, of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. The best Christmas gift ever. I, uh, and I, Christmas gifts, or just gifts in general, are very stressful to me. I don't know if I'm getting somebody the right thing, if I'm putting enough thought into it, if I'm putting too much thought into it, and just gift-giving is, is just, I wish I could do away with that part of the holiday. Now, I don't want everybody to quit giving me gifts. I just want to be able to quit giving everyone else gifts because it's stressful to me. And uh, it's, it's always been that way. It's always been. And I, I run across this week, I run across a list of, because uh, men are, in general, horrible at getting gifts. I mean, it's, just, it's just our history. And some guys may be outstanding with getting gifts, most guys are like me, and, and gift-giving is just, we fall short way too much. Now, I saw this. It was a gift-giving guide for men. These were things that, that you stay away from. And the first on the list is this one. Buying a gift for your wife, always keep the receipt. Contrary to popular belief, women are not picky. Men are just horrible, horrible taste. Always keep the receipt. The second is this. Don't buy anything that plugs in. Anything that plugs in is considered work. Nothing that plugs in. Number three, don't buy clothes that involve sizes. 
the chances of you getting it right are one in 7,000. So in one chance, you got a good shot. 6,999 times you are in trouble, and you're going to have a bad holiday. No sizes. Don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. If you do, you will not have a Merry Christmas. And finally, and I learned this a long time ago, don't buy jewelry. Because the jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. And the jewelry you can't afford, your wife doesn't want. Gifts are stressful. I uh, read another thing along with this one. It was worst holiday gifts. They polled what was the worst holiday gifts. And all these the people gave their ideas on this survey. Fruitcake was number one worst holiday gift ever. Fruitcake finished ahead of no gift at all. And then I heard this survey. It said, how do you dispose of a bad gift? Number one is you hide it. That was the top of the list. Number one, hide it. Number two, return it, of course. And number three was give it to somebody else. Gift giving is horrible. I want to talk about the best Christmas gift ever. When we're talking about gifts, uh, just gifts in general, they fall under three categories. There's three types of gift. There's a, a gift to gift, which means I'm going to give you something, and I'm expecting in return something at least as valuable as I have given you. This is, this is what happens with uh, husbands and wives more than anything. Not kids, because kids ain't going to get you anything worth anything. Uh, they're going to go to the Dollar Tree the night before, which is actually usually where I do glory shopping anyway. But this is a gift to gift. I, I'm gonna, and, and some couples even said, all right, we have a $100 uh, my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law, uh, Dale and Bonnie, they, they have said, they always say, every year, we're not going to get each other. We've decided we're not going to give each other anything for Christmas. And then when it comes time to, to hand out gifts, they'll pull out the gifts that they've bought each other every year without fail. And the, the conversation always, Dale, I didn't, you said we weren't going to get each other gifts. But she always has something for him. Uh, this is a gift to gift. I'm going to give you something, and I'm expecting something in return at least comparable to the price and the thought in which I put into this. And then the category of tit for tat. This is, I'm going to give you a gift, and I don't expect anything in return as far as a gift, but you owe me. You know this one. I, I, I don't expect, oh, no, I don't, I don't want anything in return, but I'm going to remember it. It's coming. And then the third is a grace gift. A grace gift is unrepayable. A grace gift is impossible to measure the cost. That is a grace gift. And I'm going to talk about the greatest gift ever given on Christmas. And it was the greatest gift ever given. And there's three things I want to talk about, about this greatest gift ever. The first is this. The giver knows you very well. Verse 10 of, of what we read today says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The giver of this gift, this greatest gift ever, 
knows you very well. He started out the conversation with the shepherds by saying this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God knows our fears. And we have some ridiculous fears. I mean, let's be honest. There are some crazy. My kids all have, and I thought about this morning, it was really crazy. They all have different uh, fears, and they're all really weird. My, uh, my oldest, Mitchell, is, he's deathly afraid of grizzly bears. I said, Mitchell, you're never going to run into a grizzly bear. He said, that doesn't make them any less scary. So this grizzly bears is his fear. He said, that's the scariest animal on the, place of the, on the face of the earth. Haley is afraid of sharks. Deathly afraid of sharks. Just for her well-being, every once in a while, I'll send her a picture of just a nasty-looking great white shark just pops up on her phone. She always appreciates that. She's afraid of sharks. Emma, and you may be a little more into what Emma's afraid of. Emma is afraid of clowns. Clowns freak her out. They went to a haunted trail uh, Halloween, and she was like, oh, it's supposed to, oh, it's at a church, and we're just, oh, and it's, it's, we're going to have a holy time. And there were clowns all over them woods. And she had a fit. Uh, and it doesn't stop with the kids. We don't ever grow out of silly fear sometimes. My wife is afraid of birds. You heard me right, birds. We, when we go to Walmart, the seagulls, you know they're always she's just like this. Like they're, birds are out to get Lori. I mean, they just, they, have a, they just want to kill her for some reason. I don't know. Freaks her out. She's just scared of birds. I... I have no fears at all. And, and Lori's laughing because she has scared me more than anyone has ever scared me in my life. I was, I was going through the house one evening, and I, for some reason, I didn't even think she was there. I thought she was in the other room or something. And I was walking through the house, and she just appeared out of nowhere. And I froze. I, I could not react. I couldn't scream. I couldn't cry. I couldn't attack. Nothing. Just froze. She said, that makes me feel real good. If somebody ever breaks in this house, we're all dead. <laughs> we all have fears. And some of them aren't crazy fears like birds and grizzly bears. Some of them are very real, legitimate fears. We have fears of the future. What, what, when, you, when you get up into, into school and you get close to graduating high school, you have that fear of the future, all right? My life has pretty well been set up to now, and I've been told what to do, but I'm going to have to get out on my own. And I'm going to have to get married. And I'm going to have to get a job. And what's going to happen? How am I going to survive? We have fears of the future. We have financial fears, which we all, at one time or another, have had those family fears, things that are going on in my family, health issues. We all have fears. God knows your fears. It's said in the Bible, the phrase fear not in some way or another is in the Bible 365 times. One time for each day of the year. Fear not. God knows your fears. And he appeared to the shepherds talking about this greatest gift ever. And his first thing was, don't be afraid. Fear not. Because you are about to receive the greatest gift the world has ever 
been given. You had no hope before tonight, but fear not. There is a way. Light has come into this dark world. So the giver knows you well. He knows your fears. And the second part of that verse is, they said, I bring you good tidings of glad joy. This is good news is what they were saying. God not only knows our fears, he knows our failures and sins in particular. He knows your sins. Have you ever realized that nothing is hidden from God? We hide things from we hide things from the closest people to us. They don't know some of our thoughts. They may not know some of our fears. They don't know our shortcomings. And we hide things. You cannot hide anything from God. God knows you very well. He knows your fears. He knows your failures. And when he showed up, he said, don't worry. There is good news. Good news. The word good news there is the word for the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus Christ came into this world to live a sinless, perfect life, to die on an old rugged cross, to raise three days later, and to give you a chance to be saved for all eternity. He shows him, he says, there is good news. God knows your fears, God knows your failures, and he has sent you the perfect Christmas gift. No matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, You've not gone too far. You've not failed too much. He can't get a hold of it. I heard of a letter to Santa. Santa read this letter, and it was from a little boy. And the little boy said, Santa, I just wanted you to know a little bit about my home before you got there. There are three boys in this home. So the first boy is Jeffrey. Jeffrey is two years old. Jeffrey is pretty good some of the time. There's a second boy in this home. The second boy's name is David. He is four years old, and David is pretty good some of the time. Then there's a third boy in this home. This third boy's name is Harold. Harold is good all of the time. Signed, Harold. We are all not Harold. In fact, none of us are Harold. None of us are good all the time. And he shows up with this gift, and he says, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of glad joy. You have hope. And the first thing I thought of was the Romans roadmap. None are righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The giver of this gift knows you very, very well. Second point is this. He has put much thought into this gift. It boggles my mind when I think about all that Jesus Christ went through on the cross. That God, when he formed man and breathed the breath of life into man, already knew what it was going to cost him. Already knew all the pain that Jesus would have to suffer. The Bible says, He chose you from the foundation of the world. He knew before you were ever born that when this gift was given, you would never be able to repay it. 
You would never be able to be good enough to do good enough to do enough things to ever earn that gift. And he gave it anyway. He put much thought into this gift. He chose us from the foundation of the earth. His gift was a gift of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. By faith through grace. And this gift was a gift of grace. What did I say a gift of grace was? Unrepayable. A gift of grace is not only unrepayable, there's no way to measure the cost of this gift. And he gave us a gift of grace. I, uh, Max Licato is my absolute favorite author. My bookshelf is full of his books. I love the way he sees the world, the way he sees God. And one of the books, he told of the story of a young Brazilian woman. He was a missionary in Brazil for a while. And he told the story of a young Brazilian girl. And she lived in an old poor house. She slept on an old pallet bed. And she dreamed of getting away and getting into the city and getting out of the poverty and living her own life and being her own person. And she knew that it would break her mother's heart. So in the night, she slept off. She snuck off and went into Rio de Janeiro. The mother woke up the next morning. She noticed she was gone. She left a little note telling her mom what she was doing. And it broke her mother's heart. She knew that that, that young girl, a beautiful young girl, once she got into the city, she knew exactly what would happen to her. And that mom gathered up all the money she had. She went down to the local store. She got in a photo booth, and she just took a bunch of pictures of herself. She spent all her money taking these pictures, and she bought one ticket to Rio de Janeiro. When she got into the city, she started passing out these pictures of herself everywhere. She put them up on bulletin boards. She would go into the bars. She would go into the nightclubs. She would go down alleys, just anywhere she could find a place to put these pictures. And when she ran out of pictures, and when she ran out of money, heartbroken, she went back home. And about a week after she had gone home, that young girl whose life took a wrong turn when she got there. And many nights would have dreamed and loved to have been back in that bed on the pallet and knew it was too far away in more ways than one. She came down out of a hotel room. She walked into the lobby, and she recognized a picture of her mother on this bulletin board. And she walks over, and she takes the picture off. She stares at it, and tears start to roll down her face. And she flips the picture over, and this is what's written on the picture. Whatever you have done, whatever you have become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. She put the picture in her pocket, and the little girl went home. And that is a picture of grace. When this greatest Christmas gift showed up on that night, the inscription was this, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have become, it doesn't matter. Come home. This was a gift of grace. He, uh, the giver knows us well. He's put a lot of thought into this present. 
the third thing is this, it is impossible to measure the cost of this gift. 2 Corinthians 9 says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Sometimes gifts are just indescribable. Have you ever gotten something that was so great you just couldn't put it into words? If you've ever gotten a gift from me, you haven't because I told you I'm horrible at giving gifts. But every once in a while, with a little help, sometimes you get something that is just so great, it's, it's indescribable. You can't put words to it. I remember, and it's been seven years now, Mitchell, and I, I've been an Alabama fan all my life. And uh, so, of course, when Mitchell was born, I raised him in the way that he should go. And uh, he was an Alabama fan also. And some of my greatest memories, and last night broke my heart. I watched the SEC championship game last night. It was the first big Alabama game I've ever watched without my son there. He was out of town. He was uh, playing music for Ramcor, and he wasn't with me. But some of my greatest memories is me and Mitchell watching football games and just doing crazy stuff. We were talking about the other night. I remember in 09, they played a game. It was a close game. It come right down to the end, and everybody else in the house was asleep. Me and Mitchell was up watching it, and, and, and Alabama did something great to win the game, and we just started running around the couch in circles, just screaming at the top of our lungs. Uh, one time, we, he, they did something kind of great play, and Mitchell wanted to do a chest bump with me. We jumped up and chest bumped, and he fell down and just about broke his leg, and he said, totally worth it. About seven years ago, for his 12th birthday, we decided to get him tickets to an Alabama football game. He'd never been. I'd never even been to an Alabama football game. And we, we paid a little more than I ever imagined we would for football tickets. And there were really good seats. And this was going to be his first game, and, and this was his birthday present. And uh, I got the, uh, a video game. It was a football video game. And it happened to have an Alabama player on the front that year. And so I bought that game for him for his birthday. And then inside the cover of that game, I put those tickets. And I closed it up and I, we give him. We were at Wendy's, I think. And uh, we were just having a little impromptu party for him. And I said, Mitchell, you want your gift? He said, well, yeah. So we let him open the package and he opened the gift. And he loves video games anyway. And, and he loves the football. And he's, like, he's seen it and he's like, oh, that's great. And uh, so I said, open it. He said, we mean open it. I can't play it here. I said, well, just open it. Let's see what the, let's see what the CD, the, the disc itself looks like. He said, all right. So he opened it, and there those tickets were. He was sitting down there at Wendy's. He put them tickets up and looked at them. And he said, no. I said, Mitchell, you like it? N no. And I have this video on my phone. We watched it the other day. It really brought it to my mind. And he never could respond to anything. All he said was, no. And he got up, and he walked over, and he hugged Lori. And we said, did you like it? And he said, no. And he walked over to me, and he hugged me. And I said, well, are you excited about the game? He looked at the tickets. He said, no. And that was the entire video. That gift to him was indescribable. He could not put it into words. When is the last time we reacted to God's grace in the same way? Because as much as I love Alabama football, Jesus Christ died for me.
when I was undeserving, when I was unworthy, when he knew that I could never repay him, when he knew that I could never be good enough to measure up. And he died for me. Undescribable. Sometimes a gift is not only undescribable, sometimes a gift is misunderstood. I, uh, you ever spend a lot, and I remember when the kids, and this, it's sad when the kids get older, because I, and Lori asked the other day, she said, am I going to get to buy toys for anybody this year? It's sad when you don't get to buy toys because your kids outgrow toys, because I loved playing with toys. I loved putting toys together, and I remember when they were real little, we would spend all this money on all these toys, and they'd get them out of the box, and, and I'd be putting it together, and they'd just be playing in the boxes. They didn't care nothing about all the toys that we bought them. They just playing in the boxes. They'd make helmets out of it. They'd make forts out of it. And I was like, you don't get it. I didn't buy the box. I bought the toys that come in the box. And this world, sometimes they just don't get it. Sometimes church people just don't get it. The greatest gift ever given. We can't earn it. The greatest gift ever given is not for a select few. It's not for those that clean up and pretty up and make themselves right. It is for whosoever. Sometimes the giver is right there giving us a gift, and we look it right in the face and we turn away from it. When, he was, when Jesus was at the well with the woman and he asked for water, she reached to get him physical water. And he said, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God and the one that's asking you for water, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water where you would never, ever thirst again. This world needs to see this gift through us. This world needs to get a glimpse of the grace of God through us. Jesus' entire ministry can be wrapped up in these two things. Love God, love people. That is all he did while he was here. Love God, love people. Sometimes gifts are misunderstood. And sadly enough, sometimes gifts are just rejected. The Bible says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Not everybody is as excited about this gift as we are. We still got to show them what the gift is. We still got to show them the importance of the gift. I, uh, I brought this this morning. And not only am I horrible at buying gifts, I'm not really good at wrapping them, but uh, I wanted you to see this morning, to get a visual of the greatest gift ever given. And it didn't come in the way that we expected it to come. It sure didn't come in the way Mary and Joseph expected it to come. It didn't come in the way the Pharisees expected it to come. It didn't come in the way that King Herod expected it to come, but it came none the 
is the greatest gift ever given. And it's because the giver knew exactly what you needed. He knew you very well, your fears and your failures. He spent a lot of time thinking about this gift. He chose you from the foundation. Well, do you realize that God, before you were even created, knew you were going to be here this morning? And it was a gift of grace. So there's no way they're going to be able to pay that back. There's no way they're going to be able to earn that. And he sent the gift. And the card says this. If our greatest need was information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent an economist. And if our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But God knew from the foundation of the world that we needed forgiveness. And so he sent a Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think during invitation. What are you going to do with this gift? The gift's been provided. What are you going to do?
all step further before I close. You're here this morning, you have something on your heart. Something in your life, something in someone else's that you love. You want prayer for them. Pray in a second when I do. I'll remember that. Put your hand up and write it down. I promise I'll pray. God bless that hand. Hands all over. God bless those hands. Something in my life needs prayer. God bless that hand. Father, we're so thankful for this day, for all the blessings in life you've given, for how good you've been to us, Father. But especially this morning, we're thankful for the greatest gift ever given. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable, for dying for us when we were not worthy of the sacrifice. I pray, Father, as each of us has things on our hearts and on our minds, situations in our own lives, situations in those that love and we care for. We ask a special blessing on those, all the hands that went up, all the prayers in our hearts. Father, I pray that you have your will and your way in each every situation, that you would touch and you would move in those things, Father, that you would calm our fears, that you would heal our hurts. And you would renew our spirits, Father. Thank you for everything you've done and for the many blessings I thank you for this church all that they do for your kingdom. We ask it all in your sweet and holy name.